The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss the future of webinar marketing. Joining us is Melissa Kwan, who is the co-founder and CEO of eWebinar, which is the leading automated webinar platform that saves people from doing the same webinar over and over again for sales demos, marketing contents, and onboarding. eWebinar turns any video into an automated webinar that you can set on a recurring schedule so you never have to do the same one twice. And in addition to being our guest today, eWebinar is also a gracious sponsor of the MarTech Podcast. And today, Melissa and I are going to talk about the B2B buying disconnect. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Melissa Kwan, the CEO and co-founder of eWebinar. Melissa, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. That's quite the intro. I am so excited to have you here. First off, thank you. You're one of the sponsors of the MarTech Podcast. And we appreciate all of your support for us creating great content. Thank you for supporting us and our mission to create great podcasts like these. We're excited to invite you to be our guest as well. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. All right. So we got a lot to talk about. And before we get into webinars, we got a couple days of episodes with you here. I want to sort of set the table. And life is changing when it comes to B2B marketing. It used to be all cold emails. Maybe we would do some events. COVID reshuffled the deck. We're all in front of a camera all of the time. We're on Zooms. There was no events marketing. And email performance and email marketing, specifically cold outreach, has just fallen off the table in terms of overall performance. Talk to me about what's happening in B2B buying and and what's the B2B buying disconnect? From my own experience of being in sales for over 15 years, I personally have never had such a hard time as in the last two years in getting a response from someone. And that includes my own customers. I don't want to sound like a salty salesperson that maybe have lost her touch. But I recently actually read a report by Trust Radius, actually called B2B Buying Disconnect, that talks about the age of the self-serve buyer. And we are that self-serve buyer. So last year from that report, 87% of buyers said that they want to self-serve their own buying journey. And this year, the same report, I think they interviewed like over 2,000 people. It's 100%. So that's the world that we live in. 
the reality is nobody wants to be sold to. And that includes me and you, people who are doing the selling. So I think that really is the disconnect is when we're sellers, we think about ourselves as marketers or vendors, when we're the seller, we want to dictate the buying process, right? We want to control the information. We want to hold back the information. We want to gate it. We want to make you fill in a form, jump through hoops to get a demo. So when we're the seller, we don't want to give you that information unless you at least give us your contact information first. We can all connect with that. You said something that really sticks with me is that it's hard to get people to listen to you. I've got a two and a five-year-old at home and uh, I can't get them to listen to me. God knows people that are receiving marketing emails probably aren't paying as much attention. And as much as I make jokes about, you know, my kids, reality is that there's data that supports this. I'll talk about my own marketing strategies specifically in that when we started marketing for the MarTech podcast, the first thing we did was email people that were event sponsors saying something to the extent of, hey, you just sponsored this conference. If you're doing conference sponsorships, maybe you're interested in doing uh, podcast marketing. They're kind of similar. We've got an audience. You're trying to reach an audience. Come be our sponsors. And that performed great. We were able to grow our sponsorship model from day one using that. And eventually we migrated when events went the way of the dodo bird in the COVID era to marketing specifically towards MarTech companies. Hey, you're in the MarTech community. We've got the MarTech podcast. Here's some information about it. Maybe you should sponsor our program. All of our email marketing cold outreach, which is really what this is, has just fallen off the table. We went from having 50 to 60% open rates to 25 to 30. And then the engagement when people are opening went from 10% of people that opened the email were responding to down to like three. So I'm seeing it. We migrated more towards an inbound approach where people that are, are speaking applicants like you are being presented an option to join the sponsorship program because you've already expressed an interest in our content. So we started building this inbound mechanism, and that's kind of our version of self-service. Is this the same problem that everyone else is having? And what are some of the ways that they can get around that, like, I don't want to be sold to, I'm not going to pay attention to your cold outreach problems? I mean, the disconnect that we're talking about is exactly what you're talking about is when we're the seller, we want to control that whole buying process. But when we're the buyer, we want all the information up front, right? We want the power to be the first to engage. And you have to be there when I reach out. And what I find is when we're sellers, we're almost lacking the empathy. So I think the way to get around that is really to put yourself in the buyer's shoes. How do you want to buy? How do you want to be communicated to? And if what the buyer wants is full transparency of information, then as the seller, we should be giving it to them. So salespeople or marketers should be less gatekeepers of that information and more, I guess, provider and advisor of that information so we can enable your prospect and your buyer to make that decision when they're ready. So buyers want transparency when it comes to the amount of information that they're able to search through. But hasn't that always been the case? Like five years ago, when all you had to do was send cold outreach to book meetings and eventually get leads and therefore sales, people still wanted the information. What has changed to where people were open to outbound communication, your push messaging, you are sending a message to someone, probably unsolicited in some cases, to I only want to be able to go search for my own information. What triggered this? I think there's just a lot of stuff out there. 
Think about the amount of information that we are consuming nowadays on every single channel. We've got texting with our friends and family all day long, right? We've got our TikTok, our Instagram, our LinkedIn, our Facebook. We've got our email, and then we've got personal and our work life. We're constantly consuming this information. So I think because of the volume of information that we're intaking, we get to be more picky about where we spend our time. Yeah, to me, it's the rise of the marketing automation platforms is the amount of volume that we can send out, the amount of push messaging that's coming to consumers has just exponentially increased. And then we're getting more ads fed to us when we're in our social media platforms. There's just no escaping it. So people tune out the messaging because it's ever present. So if that's the case, then what are the marketing channels that you lean on? Yeah, and I think to add to that, because of the automation, because of the AI and all that stuff, I think outreach has also become more disingenuous. Like it used to be when I worked for SAP some 15 years ago, every single outreach was personalized. And now you can have platforms that write messages for you or you can write your 10 emails and then that gets sent out over time, depending on what you engage with. And I think people are noticing more and more, and I also speak for myself, that it's just become so much more robotic and disingenuous that you don't want to engage with it. The first thing I do when I open an email box is I just delete everything from someone I don't know. Like I just read the headline and I delete most of it. And I do that with LinkedIn as well. I'm the opposite. I open it and I unsubscribe. You can get <laughs> yeah. into my inbox once, but if you come at the king, you better not miss. Like <laughs> that first email is either I'm engaging or you're done. Be careful with your email copy when you're sending it to us. Melissa, if cold outreach is going away and we're moving towards a self-selecting different type of buyer, what are some of the marketing channels that have been effective? Where do B2B marketers lean if cold outreach is no longer their primary workforce? I think podcast is a great channel. It's like a 15 to maybe 60 minutes of undivided attention that you get to even play in two times speed. It's a conversation that you listen in on. And I think a lot of marketers and vendors are, are using this channel, myself included. But also, what does it mean when people want to do their own research, right? It just means that you have to be more intentional about being a thought leader in your space. You have to have content everywhere in case people are looking. So whether it be a long form research piece that's SEO optimized or a short form thought leader piece that you host on LinkedIn or Medium or a podcast or a YouTube video that was a podcast that you just uploaded on there or a self-service demo that you have on your website. You just have to have this content available so that when people are looking, they can take this content, consume it and use it to make an informed decision about their purchase without ever talking to you. Because the truth is, you have to assume nowadays that people aren't going to talk to you. So if your starting point is, if my prospect is never going to talk to me, then how am I going to entice them? What kind of information am I going to put out there so that if they do come on their own, that they have enough information to convince themselves? And I think this is the way that marketers and salespeople have to now think about it. There's a couple of tectonic shifts that are happening in marketing. There is the self-selection preference because we're inundated with the amount of ads and outreach, right? The requests for our attention. There's also this departure in how marketing works from the performance marketing side where we're getting less access to third-party data. And so marketing targeting is becoming less and less effective. And to me, what that says is, look, your content strategy is everything. 
It is creating content and putting it where your buyers are going to look. Now, when I say content, I think most people are thinking about your blog posts. How am I going to write my 500 to 1,000 word articles that people will eventually use Google to find? But that's only a small but important part of the strategy. Melissa, when you think of content strategy, moving beyond the standard blog posts or medium posts, what are some of the other pieces of the content strategy you're thinking of? I mean, customer stories is massive. Someone's on your site, they want validation, right? I am a believer that the future of sales is community-led. And maybe the future is already here, right? The moment somebody wants something, the first thing they do is ask a friend or ask a forum or the peers in their network. And customer stories is a really great way to showcase that. It lends credibility from someone else. And I also invest a lot in LinkedIn posts, writing on social media, Twitter, just to make sure that there's a presence. Because if the future of sales and really marketing is community-led, then your product is almost not as important nowadays as your brand voice. So when somebody comes to you, what does your company stand for? What does the founder think? What is the thought leadership behind that? And what kind of community are you creating around your product? I'm seeing that as a bigger and bigger trend. And that's why I think LinkedIn has turned into the platform that it is right now. Way less of a resume website that it started as. And it's right now all thought leadership content if you log in there. Melissa, I'm hearing a couple different things that you're saying. First off, when you're talking about your content strategy outside of writing for SEO, writing for search engines, the first thing you said was community. You have to go and be active and create content in the forums where your customers are looking for information. And this can actually be communities like groups on social media. It can be Slack communities. There's also the services, the G2s of the world, the trust pilots of the world, where people are aggregating and looking for information. And so taking your content and your thought leadership and putting it in all of those places. But there's another piece here where you move beyond just, okay, who are you? Are you important in my industry? Can I know, like, and trust you into I actually think this person knows what they're talking about, and I've got a problem that I'm trying to solve. How do you move beyond just that sort of awareness-based content and get someone into your funnel without having the sales demo and having them talk? Well, I think the most important thing is you have to have a self-guided demo. If somebody is landing on your site, they're interested, you have to give them the opportunity to hop into your product right away. Like nobody wants to go to a website, request for a demo, get a calendar link, choose a time, like those days are kind of over. And when we talk about people wanting to do their own research, that includes people wanting to hop on a demo on their own. So it's really important as a vendor, as a service provider, for you to have that most important piece of content so that people can hop in and convert and ask questions and things like that. It's one of those things that we haven't made the jump to yet. And I know that it's there where in our sales process for our sponsorship and in fairness, Melissa, this is how we connected. You went through our guest application. You specified interest in our sponsorship program. We set up a meeting. We hit it off. We had a great conversation. You decided to join the sponsorship program. Voila, here we are. Isn't it wonderful? But not everybody wants to have that experience. Fortunately for us, we were able to connect and it was this standard, like, here's my calendar link, let's get together. But I would have lost your business had you been a self-selection only, let's call it old school marketing type buyer. 
And more and more, we're seeing that this new generation of buyers or the mindset for some of us old folks is, hey, I don't want to get on a phone call with you. I don't want a 30-minute SDR conversation for you to qualify me. Give me the information and I'll decide if and when I want to connect with you. And that means that you have to present that information up front to your buyers to allow them to make the decision of whether they want their handheld or whether they want to work through the process themselves. And we're going to continue the conversation tomorrow talking a little bit about how to put that self-guided demo together. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Melissa Kwan, co-founder and CEO of eWebinar. Join us again tomorrow when Melissa and I are going to continue the conversation talking about why the future of webinars is asynchronous. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Melissa, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Miss Kwan, that's M-S-S-K-W-A-N. Or you can visit her company's website, which is ewebinar.com. And you can also see how Melissa and I turned this conversation into a webinar by going to ewebinar.com slash martech. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter, or you can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D, on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.